Welcome to the Preaching Matters Podcast. My name is Alan Carr and I am your host. Thank you for listening to our episode today. On this podcast, we talk about preaching because we believe preaching matters. And we certainly want our preaching to be better. We want it to glorify God and we want it to be biblical. And so that's what this podcast is about. We talk about all matters related to preaching because we believe preaching matters. So thank you for tuning in today. We're going to get right into the episode, but before we do, let me ask you to go to your favorite podcast directory and leave us a good review. We would appreciate that. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Now, let's talk about preaching because preaching matters. Welcome back to the Preaching Matters Podcast. My name is Alan Carr, and I am your host for these episodes, and I thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate the feedback I'm receiving from some of our listeners, and I thank everyone who takes the time to sit down and listen to an episode or several episodes of the Preaching Matters Podcast. Thank you for those who have subscribed. Thank you to those who have left reviews, very kind reviews. Thank you for that. And thank you for being a blessing in my life. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And so I encourage you, if you like the podcast, go to your favorite podcast directory, leave us a positive review, be sure and subscribe to it and tell others about it. And if you'd like to talk to me about any of these episodes, or if you'd like to um, connect with me on some level, maybe you've got an idea for something you'd like me to talk about. You can find me on Facebook and you can find me on Facebook Messenger and you can touch me, you can be in touch with me that way, or you can contact me through email at alancar at gmail.com. Either way, I'd love to hear from you, and I'd like to get your input to find out what I'm doing right and what I could do better. But I appreciate you taking the time to be with me. This is episode number 56, and I'm going to title this episode, When Jesus is Left Out. When Jesus is Left Out. That's a sad thought, isn't it? You might even, I might even call it, and rightly so, a personal rant on a Monday morning. So yesterday, let me set the scene. Yesterday, I went to a funeral. It was a funeral for a family member of someone in our church. I wasn't officiating. I wasn't involved. I was just going as a courtesy to this family. And so I show up at this funeral. It's basically a graveside service. And we gather on this hilltop surrounded by the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. It's a glorious day, a wonderful day. And so we begin the service, and we're sitting there. And the first song we hear is Amazing Grace. I love Amazing Grace, and it was sung to us by George Jones. Okay, George Jones sang Amazing Grace. That's how the service started. And there was another song in the middle, and it was Go Rest High on the Mountain, and Vince Gill sang that. So we had celebrity singing. And then the preacher, and I have air quotes going, the preacher stands up to preach the message, and he does. He he shares some scriptures. These scriptures are helpful. They are comforting, and they are a blessing. Traditional scriptures we use in sermons such as, in funeral sermons such as Psalm 23 and things of that nature, and he goes through all of that, and he makes his comments. He talks about the deceased. He talks to the family, all the things we do, but never one time during his message, never a single time did he mention the name Jesus, not even when he prayed. He never talked about Jesus. He barely referenced God. 
He did not talk to them about sin. He didn't talk to them about the nature of death. He didn't speak to us about salvation. He never shared the gospel, not even a hint of the cross, not even the resurrection of the dead. He gave us nothing to help us on a spiritual nature. He was preaching to a family which is filled with lost people, a lot of lost people in the family, and he never one time pointed them to Christ. He never urged them to come to Jesus for salvation. He never challenged them about being born again. He left Jesus out of the entire process. And I sat there baffled, and I thought, how could you waste this golden opportunity and not share Jesus Christ with a hurting family? You see, the only source of help they have is the Lord Jesus Christ. The only hope they have of missing hell and going to heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was totally left out of that funeral sermon. Now, I'm challenging you today to never leave Jesus out. If they call on you to pray, figure out a way to pray the gospel and to talk about Jesus and to get Jesus out there. Every opportunity should be taken by you and me as preachers of the gospel to actually preach the gospel. And when we don't preach the gospel, in my humble opinion, we have forgotten our mandate before God, and we are guilty of grievous sin before the Lord. It is our mission. It is our calling. It is what God expects us to do. We must preach the gospel. And as I drove home from that service, I had about an hour drive, and so I thought about what I'd heard and what I didn't hear, and it struck me. This is just like the church in Laodicea. You know how the Lord wrote to them, and he wrote to that church, a church which, by the way, met in his name, met under the umbrella of his authority. Uh, They met together and did whatever they did. But as you read this, Jesus tells them they are a lukewarm church, that he's going to spew them out of his mouth. He tells them that they say they are rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. But they don't know how wretched they are, how miserable and poor and blind and naked they are. And he counsels them to buy of him gold tried in the fire that they might be truly rich, and white raiment that they might be clothed, and that the shame of their nakedness might not appear, and that they would anoint their eyes with eye salve that they might be able to see. And then he says this. He said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. And that word repent, it means to turn from your sins, obviously. It means to go a different way. It means to uh, turn around and, and, and move in a new direction. But it's written in a tense there that has the idea of changing your mind and moving in a different direction because of a change of mind. Remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 12? He said, be renewed, be, be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. And that word repent is a verb and it's written in such a tense that suggests we are to repent and we are to go on repenting. But this church had never repented. And I would contend with you that the church in Laodicea was a lost church a what we would call in our circles a liberal church. They had abandoned the gospel. They had abandoned Jesus. And you find Jesus coming to them in love and challenging them and calling upon them to turn from their sin, to repent, and to embrace him. And then in verse 20, here's the verse I wanted to get to. 
Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Like a loving father, Jesus proves those he reproves those he loves, and he calls them to repentance before he ever intervenes in judgment. Then he tells them, I stand at the door and knock, not as some homeless individual seeking shelter, but as the master of the house. The master of the house comes, he knocks on his own door, and he expects his servants to be alert. He expects them to respond immediately to his signal and welcome his entrance and give him the worship he deserves. And but this in this case, Jesus stands there knocking, and nobody comes to the door. He knocks, but nobody cares. And that particular verb there is a perfect tense verb, active voice, indicative mood, and it has the idea of him standing there and knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking, and nobody is paying him any attention whatsoever. But he says, if anyone will open the door, if anybody hears his voice, and who hears his voice? Well, John 10 tells you, right? His sheep hear his voice. But if any of his sheep will come and open that door, he will come in to him, that individual, and he will eat with him and he with me. And so there will be great blessing for those who respond to the call of the voice of the Savior. But what strikes me about this passage is that we see Jesus on the outside of a church which meets in his name, which says they are a church, not a church of Christ denominationally, but a church of Christ literally. They are his church. They say they are his people, and yet they do not know him. And when he comes to them, they do not hear him because they are dead in trespasses and sins. In a very real sense, Jesus has been left on the outside. Jesus has been left out of that church. Now, if you have looked at the spiritual landscape around you in our culture, there's a lot of churches which are in that same situation. There are many who have left Jesus out. They no longer talk about him. They no longer talk about his death, his burial, his resurrection. They don't talk about the necessity of faith in Christ for salvation. And God forbid that they should ever talk about sin and make the people feel bad because every service is about lifting people up and, and affirming people in their lifestyles and telling them they don't need to change because God loves them just like they are. But I would respond to that. God does not love them just like they are. God wants them to change. He calls them to turn from their sins and to repent. And if they refuse to repent and come to him, they will die and they will go to hell. That is the bottom line. But when we leave Jesus out of our preaching, when we leave Jesus out of our praying, when we leave Jesus out of our church services, we leave everyone there without hope. No one has a chance apart from Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Simon Peter was preaching, and he was talking about Jesus, and he said, There's none other name under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved. It is the name Jesus. And I'm reminded again of Philippians chapter number two, where the Lord has called us to have a mind like that which was in Jesus. And we are to humble ourselves before God and we are to 
uh, be obedient to him and we are to yield our lives, as Paul tells us in Romans 12, a living sacrifice to God. And then he goes on to tell us about the glory of Jesus, beginning in verse number 9. And he says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him what? A name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's something about that name, right? I love that song, and it's true. The name of Jesus is a special name, and that name should be used. That name should be mentioned. But you say, preacher, if I talk about Jesus, and I talk about his death and his resurrection, and I tell him and I tell people that sinners must repent and come to Jesus by faith and be saved and change their lives and deny themselves, take up their cross and follow him, I, I'm going to lose people. I, I'm going to upset people. I'm going to make people feel bad. Well, I want to tell you something. This whole culture we're in right now where we want people to come to church and feel comfortable, I do not believe that is of God. When people come to Calvary Baptist Church, and I've stated this publicly, and I'll state it here, I don't want people to feel comfortable, especially lost people. I want them to feel like they have stepped into an alien atmosphere. Because when they come into our church, what they're going to hear is Jesus in the singing. They're going to hear Jesus in the praying. They're going to hear Jesus in our call to worship when we read Scripture. They're going to hear Jesus in the sermon. They're going to hear Jesus as we prepare to leave. Everything is going to be about Jesus. I remember one time, and I may have said this in a previous episode, I don't remember, but we had a lady who was attending our church uh, sporadically, and she was associated with some other members there, and so she came when she felt like it. And one day she stopped coming, and I asked one of her relatives, how come so-and-so hasn't been here? She said, well, she told me she's not coming back because every time she comes, all you talk about is Jesus. Now, she felt like that was a slight against me, but I want to tell you it was one of the greatest compliments I ever received as far as my preaching is concerned. If my preaching is centered on Jesus, that's where it needs to be. And I haven't changed a thing and don't plan to change a thing. And I don't want people to come and get self-help. I don't want them to come and leave feeling happy. I want them to come and hear the truth. Sometimes the truth is joyous and uplifting and challenging, and other times it hits us in the heart and rips us to shreds. But whatever it may be, let the truth go out and let the truth be centered upon Jesus. Let us find him in our text and let us present him vocally, verbally. Let us tell them about Jesus and let us never fail to do that. Why? Because Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he said, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is one way to God, and his name is Jesus. There is one subject to preach, and that subject is Jesus. If I'm preaching from uh, First Chronicles, and I'm in the genealogies there, I've got to find Jesus in my text and preach Jesus. If I'm preaching about David and Goliath, it's not about God overcoming our giants. It's about Jesus and how he slayed our enemies, death, hell, and the grave, 
and we've got to preach those things. We've got to find Jesus. We've got to get to him in that text and bring him out and reveal him to the people. If we don't do that, then we have failed in our preaching. And to stand up like the man did at that funeral yesterday and talk about all kinds of things except Jesus is a terrible and tragic mistake. It is a waste of a God-given opportunity, and it should never, ever happen. If you go your whole ministry and preach Jesus every time you preach, I would say your ministry has been a success, even if thousands have not been saved, even if hundreds and hundreds have not been added to your church, even if it's only a handful you preach to every time you gather. If you're preaching Jesus, you're doing the right thing. Expose Jesus in every text. Get to the Christological heart of that text and preach Jesus every time you preach without fail. Never let an opportunity pass to share the gospel when you minister the word of God. The church in Laodicea was a lost church, and they were a lost church because they left Jesus on the outside. They left him out and did not include him in what they were doing. And again, I say, look around you. There are churches everywhere right now that are doing the very same thing. I think about, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think about the United Methodists right now. They're in the midst of a big split. Some are going to the global Methodists. Others are staying with the United Methodists. And the issue is the ordination and acceptance of homosexuality in the church. Now, for me, when a denomination reaches a point where they even have to discuss whether homosexuality is a sin or if homosexuals and lesbians should be ordained to ministry, that denomination has already crossed the line with God. It is an apostate group. And to separate from them at this point is a no-brainer for me. As soon as the issue come up, I would try to lead our church out of that. But I'm not a Methodist. I don't have a dog in that fight. They can do anything they please. I'm a Baptist, and that is not an issue for me. But I'm just telling you that the only reason some people have taken that direction, the only reason you have these health and wealth preachers is because somebody is leaving Jesus out. And if they ever talk about Jesus, they're not talking to the giving you the whole story about Jesus. They're certainly not talking about sin. If they talked about sin and the need of repentance, the reality of hell and the judgment of God, they would see their numbers and their revenue drop drastically. So Jesus is too dangerous for many people to talk about because to talk about Jesus, you have to talk about him being a savior. And if he is a savior, what does he save us from? Well, he saves us from himself. He died to save us from the wrath of God because of our sins. And to understand that, you've got to go all the way back to the beginning with Adam and Eve, what God told them to do, how Adam and Eve failed in the covenant of works, entered into a covenant of grace in which they walked by faith, believing God, and it's been that way ever since. And we've got to talk about how people need to repent of their sin, confess their sins to God, believe the gospel, be born again, and then when they do so, they will exhibit a life change. God will change them, and they will produce good works. Why? Because we are his workmanship, Paul said in Ephesians 2.10. 
created unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So when you are a child of God, you become a worker of that which is good. You do something which was impossible for you to do as a lost sinner. You say, I know lost sinners who do great things. Didn't, I mean, Bill Gates one time spent $200 million to vaccinate every child in the country of Rhodesia against smallpox. And that is a good thing from a human aspect but that earned him no points with God. I mean, that did not earn him any favor with God whatsoever because Bill Gates is an atheist. He doesn't believe in God and he's headed to hell unless he repents and believes the gospel. That's the bottom line. And by the way, everything the lost person does, they think is good in reality is a sin because Romans 14, 23 says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And not doing it out of faith or doing it for good PR They're doing it because they want to be good humanitarians or whatever, but they're not doing it for the glory of the Lord through faith in Jesus Christ, and all it does is adds to their debt that they have to pay someday. But aren't you glad, fellow believer, that Jesus has paid our debt? He paid it in full. All of our sins have been taken away, and there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Thank God. I'm so glad today that Jesus has taken away my sin. And my church may get tired of it, but I preach the gospel Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever I get the opportunity, I preach the gospel. I'll be in Georgia when this plays, preaching a meeting, and uh, when this episode airs, and I'll be preaching Jesus. I'll be preaching the gospel. That's all I have to preach and I refuse to allow any opportunity to pass me by without talking about the gospel and Jesus in some capacity. When you leave Jesus out of your services, when you leave Jesus out of your sermons, when you leave Jesus out of your singing, when you leave Jesus out of your conversations, you have missed God-given opportunities to share the gospel with lost sinners. And God help us to be careful that every time we speak, every time we open our mouth, we do so with Jesus on the tip of our tongue and we preach him and expose him and challenge people to come to him by faith. I am challenging you to not be like the preacher I heard yesterday. That man, he had a golden opportunity, but he squandered it. He will answer to God for that someday because he should have preached the gospel. Listen, you say, well, you're being very critical of him. I guess I am. I don't mean to be critical. I'm just trying to tell you and warn you that we need to do differently than I heard him do. And you and I need to make up our minds that we will preach the gospel, that we will stand steadfast and strong on the gospel, that we will keep the name of Jesus at the forefront of everything we do, and we will preach that name because it is, it is the sound of that name that every knee will bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. It is at the mention of that name that everyone will eventually confess Jesus as Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every sinner who has ignored him here, every preacher who ignores him here, every church which ignores him here, every individual in those contexts will bow before him someday, and they will confess him to be Lord. But on that day, it will be too late. They need to bow now while there's the opportunity for them to be saved. But how can they hear unless somebody preaches him to them? You see, the Bible teaches us that it's 
we read in the Bible that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And that's what you and I are to be doing. We are to be preaching the word of God. We are to be telling other people about Jesus Christ. The Bible says it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And our duty is to be like Paul. He he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 1, that was verse 21, this is verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But to them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. When you preach Jesus, some people are not going to hear it. They're going to turn a deaf ear to it. They're going to look at it and say, I don't want that. I don't need that. I have no use for that in my life. And yet those who are called, those whom God is drawing unto himself, to them it is the power of God and it is the wisdom of God. And to them the Spirit of God will grant regeneration. To them the Spirit of God will grant faith. To them the Spirit of God will grant salvation. And they will be born again and they will love the name of Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Let us never be guilty of leaving him out. Let us never be guilty of forgetting to preach the gospel, of forgetting to present Christ, because when we do, we have failed in our ministry to share Jesus with a lost and a dying world. What is our message? Is it what's happening in Ukraine? No. Is it how bad Biden is? No. Is it how wonderful Trump is? No. Is it what's happening uh, maybe in New York City or in Washington, D.C. or in your local community? No, no, and no. Our message is Jesus. It's always Jesus. It's always been Jesus, and it always will be Jesus. And we are to do that. We are to preach him in the context of preaching the whole counsel of the word of God. And that's why I say no matter where you go in the scriptures, you will find him. It is a hymn book. It is a book about him all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus Christ fills every page and every story, every passage is about him. Let us find him. Let us preach him. Let us present him. Let us glorify him through the preaching of his word. And let us never be guilty of leaving Jesus out. Well, that's what I had on my heart today. And I wanted to sit down before I lost that and share it with you. And uh, my heart is burdened. In the last few weeks, I've been talking with preachers and preachers who are facing troubles, troubles in their church, troubles in their emotions, troubles in their spiritual walk, troubles in their family. And my heart is broken over what the men of God are going through. And yet these preachers who are struggling, everyone that I've spoken to, every one of them, is still preaching Jesus even in the midst of their conflict. Pray for these men. You don't know who they are. You don't need to know who they are. But pray for these men because they're struggling, some facing persecution, others other things, but they're preaching Jesus. They're faithfully declaring what thus saith the Lord, and they're preaching the gospel. Pray for them. They are determined to preach Jesus in spite of their pain. And I am too, my friends. I am too. I remember, and I'll close this. I remember 
some years ago, went through a very difficult time in my ministry where I was being attacked by outside forces and they used some influence they had to uh, turn some people in the church against me. And it was a very tough time in my ministry. And uh, I had thoughts of leaving where I'm at, walking away, but I haven't. I've stayed. I've been there through it. We're on the other side of it now. Praise God for that. But some of the best advice I ever got during that particular time was when a pastor called me up and he said, I know what you're going through. And he said, I just want to tell you to do one thing. He said, if you want to make it through this and you want your church to make it through this, he said, just keep a smile on your face and preach Jesus. Best advice I ever got. I did what he said. I'm still doing what he said. And I was doing it before he told me to do it. Just preach Jesus. He is the answer. He is the message. He is the hope of the church. He is the hope of the future. He is the ground upon which you and I stand and preach. So preach Christ crucified. Some may stumble over it. Some may say it's foolish, but it is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Let us preach Jesus in all his glory, in every facet of his life. Be guilty of preaching Jesus. Jesus. If they say you preach too much Jesus, just give them more Jesus. Jesus is who they need. So that's what I was thinking about, and I hope you uh, are in agreement with me on this. If not, let me hear from you, or if you can help me out in my delusional state, I would love to hear how I can be changed. So reach out to me at alancartgmail.com. Be sure and like and subscribe, and be sure and leave reviews and all that good stuff, and uh, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Well, God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk to you again next week. I hope you're hanging in there with me. This was just a bit of encouragement to challenge you to keep on preaching Jesus. God bless you as you preach our Lord. Thank you once again for joining us today on the Preaching Matters podcast. We'll try to have a new episode out next week, so I encourage you, if you enjoyed the episode or you think someone else would enjoy it, first, I want you to subscribe. And I'd like for you to leave a positive review on the platform of your choice or on several if you choose. And I'd like for you to tell somebody else about it. This is a podcast for preachers. If you are a preacher or know some preacher who might benefit, share the news. God bless you. Thanks for being here. I pray that preaching goes well for you. and God blesses you in your work for his glory. Pray for us and Lord willing, we'll see you next week.